concept for ePartrade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for ePartrade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know your current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of ePart trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of ePartrade, the global online platform for the performance and racing industry. Welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and business webinar series from ePortrait, presented to you by ARP. With me this morning is Judy Kin, the co-founder of ePortrait, and the one and only Brad Billy, our wonderful host. But before we start, I think Judy has a very big announcement to make, right, Judy? Yes, yes. Monday, we announced that we officially have Zach Brown as one of our industry speakers for Race Industry Week. He is the first of many to come on board, but we are delighted to have him and proud to have him. Absolutely. I mean, Zach, we have known Zach for many, many years, uh, from our days from uh, PRI and when he was with JMI, but, you know, he's running McLaren. He just recently, uh, first and second in Monza, is involved in IndyCar, is involved in Le Mans. I mean, it's just like the ultimate racer guy. He knows how to win, is an awesome guy, and so we're delighted to to have him uh, join this year's event. So today, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we have Titan Fuel Tanks on board and they are all racers and I'm delighted to find out what Brad's going to uh, interview them about. So we're gonna hand it off to you, Brad. Awesome. Well, this is going to be exciting. I've, been, I've actually been looking forward to this one uh, for quite some time right now because, you know, a lot of times here on ePAR Trade, uh, we talk about performance, we talk about safety. Today, we're also going to talk about convenience, which is a really nice thing. And if you're a racer, I can assure you, you can certainly relate, especially if you're pulling your tow rig up and down the highway, mile after mile after mile after mile. And the theme of today's webinar is going further 
with Titan Fuel Tanks. So joining us now uh, from Titan Fuel Tanks, we have Dan McLaughlin, the technical manager, Mike DeFord, the marketing manager, and Cam Reimers, who is a professional racer as well. And, uh, and, and Dan and Mike, I want to start with you because, first of all, I introduced both of you as a technical manager and a marketing manager. Uh, but really, everyone here is a racer, and that's really the heart and soul of Titan Fuel Tanks as well, because, it, you know, not only do you guys uh, make a wonderful product and distribute a wonderful product, but you use a great product as well as racers also. So, um, Dan, I'll go ahead and start with you. Just give us a little bit of an overview of Titan Fuel Tanks. Oh, well, so basically at Titan Fuel Tanks here, uh, we take a uh, mid-sized pickup truck and uh, we'll take the capacity, say a tank will be about 25 gallons and uh, we'll double it, try to get it to about 50 gallons. Uh, we extend your range and your capacity and your, your mid-size and actually cabin chassis trucks now as well. So um, that's kind of just, I guess, a brief synopsis. No, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Mike, uh, obviously, um, you know, you're out there talking to racers and distributors and, and everyone else like that. But uh, when it comes to the Titan fuel tanks and just the, the technology involved in these and, uh, and the convenience involved and everything that makes it good for a racer, uh, tell us your story. Yeah, so we're made here right here in Idaho. Our factory is right next door to, to our facility. <clears throat> But the, the, the big thing with our product is, is, is taking drivers further. Towing a trailer, whether it be a race trailer or anything else, we all know that stopping for fuel, even at the biggest, best truck stops, is a pain in the butt. We don't like doing it. Uh, the DOT came out with something a few years ago that said the average fuel stop for most people, the average person, was 28 minutes. And I, I think that's that's a crackhead number because I've never spent 28 minutes at a gas station. But if you're towing 800 miles, uh, that, that means you're having to stop with a normal tank, you know, two or three times. If the average stop is, let's call it 30 minutes using their numbers, that's, that's an hour and a half worth stopping being off the highway, slowing you down. <clears throat> Versus with our tanks, you fill up once when you're leaving the shop or your house, you can get 800 plus miles down the road and never have to stop again, providing that you have a big bladder. Uh, and you don't have to stop for, for those needs, but it, it keeps you on the road, means that you get to the track faster. Yeah, which is great. And by the way, I do want to remind everyone, if you have a question, type it into the chat. We'll be more than happy to answer anything that you like here as we uh, continue to talk about Titan fuel tanks. Cam, let's talk about you. You race modifieds in the upper Midwest, and uh, I'm sure you're spending a lot of time on the road as much as you spend on and at the racetrack as well. So share your experience with us, if you will. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm uh, 32 years old and basically been racing my whole life and um, trying to find ways to continue racing and things like that. I uh, raced motocross ever since I was young. And then in 2013, went over and started running the Torque Off-Road Series and an off-road truck and the Lucas Oil um, Series, kind of when all that combined. And um, I'm, I'm from Iowa, grew up on a century farm here. Um, we, our family still does a lot of farming, still help out a lot there. But it's kind of the heartbed or the, the hotbed and heartland of a dirt track race. Um, I've been around it my whole life and whatnot. And it seems like within the last five years, there's been such a resurgence of like grassroots racing and people that want to go out and enjoy that sort of stuff. And now the reach that you get with social media and things like that have basically been able to, to make a living running around and, and running uh, IMCA dirt modified, IMCA sport mod stuff. 
um, it's been really fun and it's, it's fun meeting all the fans and man, we race a lot. We, we travel the country. I mean, we, we travel down to Arizona in the winter and whatnot. And then it's a lot of traveling up around the Midwest, but shoot, we're putting 40, 50,000 miles on our, uh, our one ton dually that just pulls an enclosed trailer, uh, like most people do in the pits and our style of racing and, uh, the Titan fuel tanks hookup kind of came through all of that, the miles that we put on and, um, you know, trying to, trying to market to the other racers on how cool the product is and, um, how useful it is too. So, you know, um, on the convenience side, I want to stick with you, uh, real quick, Cam, uh, because I traveled the road quite a bit myself, uh, which I enjoy doing. And I know a lot of times people, you know, let's just say you're going, you know, 400 miles away or whatever it might be. I think a lot of people look at it and say, okay, I'm going to fill up before I go. And then when I head back, I'll fill up again or however it might work out. And realistically, at the end of a race night or at the beginning the next day, maybe when you're leaving, if you don't have to do that, if you're literally filled up for your entire trip, the convenience involved in something like that, maybe some of your experiences. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually kind of funny now that for how long we can go anymore with our tanks, you almost hate your fuel stops even more <laughs> and you kind of forget about them, you know, if once every, you know, we race three or four times a week and, um, pretty much around like a 250 mile radius typically through that. So, so we're, we're only filling up every, you know, couple weeks, um, with the truck and whatnot. So every, every once in a while when you get in and you're like, shoot, I'm actually going to run out of fuel on this trip for once and got to plan that out. Um, and it's kind of cool cause we run, you know, and, and I'm sure, um, the Titan guys will talk about, you know, some of their options, but we, we used to have a big auxiliary tank in the bed of the truck, but between race stuff that we carry with our enclosed trailer, um, we do a lot of camping with our fifth wheel camper. That thing takes up so much room. You can't, you weren't able to, to carry a bunch of stuff with it. Um, you know, and it's a good option for, for some people, but I, I want to go with, they've got that big uh, XL oversized tank that fits right under where the stock location one is. So it's sweet. Uh, the bed of the truck looks the exact same that it would. Um, and then, yeah, I'm traveling forever on all the fuel that I can hold underneath. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I think we might have lost Dan and Michael. We'll get them back here in just a minute. Um, I'll, I'll share my story real quick. Um, you know, I don't pull a trailer. I don't do anything like that. But I'm, we've talked about it here before. I ride my motorcycle all across the country. In fact, just this last week, I did about 3,200 miles going from Texas through Colorado and Utah to the NASCAR weekend in Vegas and everywhere else. I think I probably stopped about 15 times, uh, but I only have a little five-gallon tank. And I, I, for me, and it's literally just me on two wheels, I look at it, and when I'm going, I figure, okay, I probably need to stop somewhere in the next 30 miles, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, I think, okay, maybe there's a truck stop. Oh, man, that one's on the left side of the freeway. I don't want to stop at that one. Maybe there's another one further down the road. And then I start to get nervous, of course, when my light goes on. I'm not pulling a big trailer. It's just me. And I don't want to get off the highway and I don't want to go on an underpass or maybe this one's got like a, a circle around. And I mean, you know, Cam, when you think about it, the convenience or inconvenience of convenience stores and gas stations along the highway is sometimes a, a, a quite a bit of a bother. If you don't have to mess with it, it's even better. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how it is on the, you know, all over the rest of the country, but everywhere that we race seems like all these new convenience stores and gas stations that are going up, they're stacking more pumps in and they're making the convenience store part bigger. 
it's hard to get trailers like in and out of places anymore. Um, even if you're not real long, you know, we've got like a 30 foot trailer, which is pretty standard for most uh, dirt racers and then a one ton dually, but shoot, it's hard. And there, there might only end up being one or two diesel pumps. And we all laugh and make fun of the, the young teenage girl that rolls in with her Prius and parks, you know, right at the diesel pump and you got to wait. And yeah, that's probably where when Mike was saying 28 minutes earlier, probably where half it comes from. There's just so little diesel pumps. It seems like anymore um, that your trips end up waiting long because you wait for people with gassers to move from them or whatever. So um, yeah. And, and half the time you get into panic mode when you try to pull into one of those gas stations, cause you're like, um, how am I going to get out of here? So it's nice anymore. We just, yeah, it just keep rolling. It, it keeps it all quite a bit more smooth. Yeah, I love the idea of not having to think about stopping and just continuing on down the road. All right, Dan and Mike, we got you guys back, which is wonderful. So we were just, uh, you know, extolling the greatness of not having to stop at gas stations along the highway. But um, let's talk about the technology just a little bit, Dan. Um, Cam was just saying about, you know, how he's got an XL tank and it's basically a, a replacement for what came with the truck stock and how everything fits nice and neatly. And you don't have to take up any additional space that you might use for other conveniences. So uh, tell us about the product, if you would. Uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so our product is made just uh, here in Idaho, right across the street. Um, all our tanks are roto-molded, uh, which basically uh, we take a shot of resin. It goes into a two-piece or a three-piece mold um, and uh, basically goes in an oven. It rotates around uh, in a, on a gyroscope, and that's what uh, makes our tanks formed out into a cross-link polyethylene. Um, and we're able to get the, the hollow form of that for the tanks. And basically, uh, they'll fit up there pretty much to an OEM spec. Um, we're tied in with a Ford dealership here. And we've actually had some of the Ford design engineers up underneath uh, trucks with our tanks in them. And uh, they actually thought that it was an OEM tank when they were looking at it. They didn't even know the difference between the Titan and the OEM tank. And they designed it. So pretty good fit, pretty, pretty great product. Um, definitely installing it. Uh, everything fits really nice and we try to go to great lengths to make it so even the guy in the backyard can, you know, put that thing up on some jack stands and install the tank himself. It's all a direct fit product. There's no fabrication, there's no cutting, there's no removal of other systems. Uh, all the tanks are EPA, DOT, you know, regulations. They need and exceed all of those. So you don't have to, you know, there's you don't have to get rid of death tanks and you know all of that sort of stuff, which takes then the consumer out of you know being legal. Yeah, yeah, and, and Mike, um, Dan was just talking about the, the resin. Uh, having a gas tank that's actually made out of a composite material as opposed to metal. And some of the advantages there, not just the fact that um, it's nice, you don't have to worry about rust or denting or different things like that, but um, quietness as well. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a lighter product, but it's it's a tougher product. You we've done videos and you can check them out on our website or on our YouTube, etc., that show you know dropping our tank full from a 30-foot crane hits the ground, bounces, and then you drop a metal tank from those same heights, a metal tank you know destroys itself. We have multiple customers that have had I'll, I'll say horrific type accidents that uh you know, the truck gets written off and they buy the same truck or get, you know, the same truck back. They take our tank out, you know, and, and put it in the new truck. 
Oh, wow. That is pretty neat. Um, Cam, I want to ask you as a user of the product as well. You know, we were just talking about installation and, and some of the ease of use and how that goes for you. Do you even notice it's there? No, no, definitely don't notice that it's there. Um, it, the installation was kind of interesting for me. I mean, I work on race cars in and out every day, but the race cars are so, you know, on the tube chassis and everything, everything's so easy to get to. You just strip the body off and you start working. When it comes to OEM stuff, working on any sort of passenger vehicle, I was, I was almost a little overwhelmed before I got it. I was like, man, is this going to be hard? Is this going to be a pain in the butt to install? And it was like one morning and I was done. It was in, it was super easy. So I was like, I don't know what I was worrying about, but uh, that was kind of cool. Um, just for like, a, you know, for a guy that really doesn't work on OEM stuff, it was, man, there ain't much to put one of those in. And yeah, you really don't notice it's there. Not until you, not until you have to stop. You know, like I said, it's only about every two weeks that we have to stop anymore with all the racing that we do. And then all of a sudden you realize how big your tank is when you're filling it up and swiping the card a few times. But man, it's so darn convenient that it, that it's worth it then. But like I said, that, that makes you hate your fuel stops even more. <laughs> I get that for sure. Uh, Dan, I want to ask you about this because, uh, you know, we're talking about OEM replacement tanks and, and different things like that. But the things that Titan has to offer as well and the places where you guys can stuff a fuel tank, whether it be in a spare tire bay uh, or different places like that. So maybe give us an idea, if you would, of some of the different options that we might have and how that works and integrates into the vehicle itself. Okay. Um, well, so basically on our Ford Chevy Dodge line, uh, we, we offer midship replacements. So basically pull out the one that's in between the frame rail, uh, stuff up one of ours. And yeah, pretty much, like I said in the beginning, our goal is, is to double the volume of fuel that's going to be uh, running underneath the, underneath the truck. Um, the next option that we, we've got as far as in our diesel line, uh, we have some in-bed options. We've got a, a, a 40 and a 50, and those are our travel tractor line. And then we also offer uh, like a 90 and 100 gallon uh, in that auxiliary transfer tank. Um, so we have those. And then as well in our diesel line, we have a staff's tank, which uh, you pull out your spare tire tank, basically uh, put a, a 30, 40 gallon tank up underneath there. And that'll actually transfer with the push of a button uh, from that auxiliary into the midship. Uh, so you can be driving and transferring fuel uh, while you're on the go. Um, kind of our other line that we offer, we have a couple of, of gasoline tanks. Uh, so we have a sidekick uh, that will mount in the bed and those basically go right there on the wheel well. They're, they're a 15 gallon option. And uh, then for our off-roaders, we, we have a couple uh, trail tractor tanks that get mounted on the spare tire on the back uh, tire rack for our Jeep guys, FJ guys, that, that kind of stuff. So we've got a pretty, pretty full line of product there. Uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, Mike, um, you and I were talking earlier today. And, um, you know, when you start to talk about this, we know that, um, you know, racers, they want to go out there, they get performance parts for the race car, they get safety parts, they get whatever it might be. And there's a lot of different people uh, in the racing industry. For example, Cam goes and runs his dirt modified. You know, we've got people that are, you know, running high performance cars and tuner cars. We mentioned the off road and different things like that. Um, I, I, in the position of you know let's just say i'm a distributor let's just say i'm a, a company that sells a lot of different racing products i'm going to sell you know so many seat belts and helmets and all of that i'm going to sell so many uh you know seats and fire suits i'm going to sell so many camshafts and whatever it might be if i'm looking for a new product now that maybe my customer base isn't even thinking of but to me this is one of those that you don't know you need it until you have it <laughs> type of product 
to me, it seems like Titan Fuel Tanks exactly fits that bill, especially if I want to find a new product line to carry. Yeah, we, we don't make a, a high profile product. You know, you don't see it. It's, it's not sexy. It's hidden and it's a convenience item. But for the distributors and the dealers across the country is if you're selling race parts to racers or performance guys, for that matter, they're, they're all towing with, with a truck or something that we, we make a product for. And that's, and that's key is, yeah, you can sell race parts all day long, but the racer still needs stuff for their, their tow rig. And that's, and that's something that we are working on all the time is reaching, you know, guys like Cam. I mean, we, yes, we sponsor Cam and his race program, but Cam on the backside has turned all sorts of customers that are racers onto our product because, you know, they, they see it, he talks about it, that sort of thing. And it turns racers on to the idea of, oh, damn, I can go further and not have to be stopping for fuel all the time. And that's, and that's really the key to it is we make this great product and it's, it's virtually hidden. And so the, the average racer or race shop retailer doesn't always think about a product like ours, but it's invaluable to, to the guys that are towing trailers, the racers and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think to myself, too, especially this time of year as we sort of get into the off season and, you know, where a lot of racers might be going to their home track or they might be staying within their region a lot. Now, all of a sudden, you know, hey, my home track is shutting down. If I live in the upper Midwest, I might be coming south to go race or hit some of these big shows that we're doing now. And not only just hitting a big show on this weekend, but maybe trying to hit a couple of big shows on this weekend. And look, we know how much this wears you out, how tired you get, even though you're running on adrenaline. Um, but, but, but again, the convenience of now here is something I don't have to worry about. And, you know, Mike, when it comes to some of the racers that you talk to um, with some of the things that they have, you know, we hear Cam's story here as well. But, you know, give us an idea of what some other people are telling you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good timing because I, the SCCA uh, just had the runoffs. Uh, NASA's doing their championship right now, or just about to, I guess. There's all the circuit track, you know, big shootout weekends or weeks coming. Uh, you know, Bristol ran a dirt race earlier this year that, you know, racers from all over the country came and ran various classes with. So those guys that are staying local a lot are now having to, or wanting to travel, you know, further distances. And, and so it's, it's a great time to get in front of people to show them it's that time of the year where you're spending more time on the road and we can help ease the pain on that and make your travels easier. Um, uh, Dan, for you, when it comes to, you know, we talk about how easy the install is and all of those other things, um, you know, is there any OEM concerns that I need to worry about? I mean, is this pretty much, you know, once I put it in and, and you know, but what do you have to change the fuel pump in it? Or, I mean, how, how hard, how easy is this? Um, really? So kind of how Mike said, uh, we're a direct OEM replacement uh, as far as fitment. So pull out your old sending unit, uh, put it in there with a new O-ring, tighten down the torque ring on that. Your fuel pumps in there pretty much connect to your OEM lines and uh, put on some straps. Uh, it's pr pretty straightforward. Um, really the kind of the only thing on, on the back side that, that you need to worry about uh, would just be um, to, to make sure you fill it up, uh, do a double check on your install. And uh, other than that, it, it's really simple. Uh, pretty much uh, myself in the shop alone, I can have one of these tanks uh, in and out in about an hour. 
Um, add a little bit of programming on there. I'm 15 minutes, so I'm an hour and 15 minute install uh, by myself. So pretty straightforward. And Dan mentioned programming and what he's referring there is all vehicles now have your distance to empty, those sorts of readings on the dash so you know how far you can go. And there's, there's all sorts of ways now with Ford Dodge and GM to correct the, the body control computer for our tanks because the, the stock tank size is programmed into that computer. And now through aftermarket uh, you know, tuners, that sort of thing, there's various ways to correct that information. And not all, all owners care about that. You know, they'll do the math and they'll watch the fuel gauge because the fuel gauge itself reads correct. But they want that digital reading, which is just an average, anyways. You know, it's not you know true by any means. I've I've driven well past when it said I had zero miles to go, and uh, you know, so it's it, it enables us through I'm not going to say partners, but but through the industry to be able to help those customers that do care about their you know distance to empty and similar readings. Yeah, no, that's good to have the solutions, um, uh, you know, for something like that. Uh, Cam, when it comes to traveling for you, you know, you talk about kind of the radius in which you stay, but what's the furthest you've gone, you know, uh, or how many races have you gone to without even thinking about filling up? Man, we're, we've already raced uh, like 60 races this year. So it's been a lot. Um, we started the year uh, down in Yuma, Arizona. So that was a heck of a trip for us. I mean, that's, that's about as far as you can get from central Iowa for us. Um, and then we, Mike mentioned, uh, Bristol, we raced Bristol this year. That was a heck of an experience. And one of our cars, um, weird, weird how those cars react on that track. That was a, that was a cool experience there, but, uh, yeah, for us, I mean, we've got so many racetracks around here, but as much as it is, you know, a grassroots and, and always used to be a weekly racer sort of racing, um, there's just all these specials popping up anymore. And the way that, sanctioning bodies have um i guess they haven't rewarded the weekly racer as much anymore because they were they kind of just uh you know steered into the skid a little bit with people that were traveling all around and they were not racing their local track they were going to chase these big big purses and these big specials they kind of just said okay let's make this work a little bit more for all these guys and that's kind of how it's been everyone's going to support tracks that they that they like, that they have good car count on, that they pay back well. Um, and it's been really good. So for us, we're lucky that we're, that we're pretty close to a lot of tracks, but we don't, we don't hit the same track very often. We're just not like Saturday night. We're at this same track Friday night. We're at this same track. I mean, we, we pop all over. Um, so like I said, we stay a lot within that radius, but there's a lot of times we're outside of it too. It's, um, the thing is most, most of the best tracks in the, in the country are right here in our area. So we're fortunate from that standpoint, but Wisconsin is, you know, is a few hundred mile trip for us. And that, that one's pretty cool to go up, you know, around the green Bay area and never have to fill up a fuel tank on your, on your rig. That's pretty cool to, to make stops that you can easily get into or food stops that you'd rather have versus a gas station meal and whatnot. And, you know, we've done that. So yeah, we just uh, just got back from Wisconsin trip here a few weeks ago. It was a big race that we won up there, but we'll we'll travel around again in the off season, like you'd mentioned. Um, we're most of the tracks are all shut down around here after this weekend, and then we start. Uh, we're just like the geese; we start going somewhere warmer. 
<laughs> well, congratulations on the win, first of all. Um, I do want to remind you, uh, for anyone viewing right now, if you do have a question, you can type it into the chat, and we will get that question asked and answered for you. Uh, Cam, while we're talking to you, I, I also want to ask, do you ever unhook your tow vehicle, uh, or do you leave it hooked up all the time? And the reason why I'm asking is, again, we talk about the conveniences, and earlier you were saying, like, you know, anytime now you pull off the highway and you might want to pull into a gas station and, and someone's there, well, if you are the type of person that might unhook during the week, again, fill up when you don't have anything connected to it and then don't even worry about it. The, our, our one ton dually, it's used for pulling it basically every mile that it's got on it. It, it sits with the race trailer on it all the time. Um, we'll hook it onto the camper every once in a while. And that's where I was mentioning, I was excited to get our auxiliary tank, um, out of the bed of that our cause that's our fifth wheel camper. And we had, we've got some more storage now in the bed of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always hooked up. It's always ready to go. So, um, yeah, it's convenient. And yeah, you mentioned we, we've got a lot of gas stations around here, so we never really run into the problem of if you were to run a stock tank, can you find somewhere to get fuel? Or are you going to run out? But they're just so small. It seems like around here anymore that they're hard to get trailers in and out of. Um, so that part, you know, that part is convenient with the Titan. And I, I had a scare two years ago running across Utah in the middle of the night um, with with a stock tank in. And I ended up having to turn around 30 miles once I realized I wasn't going to be able to get to somewhere um, to get more fuel when I was driving to California. And it was in the middle of the night. And I think back on that now that I've got the Titan and you wouldn't have to worry when you see that sign that says next stop, you know, 200 some miles, no big deal. You just keep rolling, you know, but once I was about 30 miles in past that sign, I was like, I ain't going to make it. And it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to turn around. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is like literally the worst feeling on the planet. And, and like I said, just having gone through Utah last week, I can, I can understand why you would want to stop when you see something. Uh, Mike and Dan, Dan, um, curious for you on the technical side of things. Um, some of the questions that you might get from from the customers once they get the product, um, as it might be related to what they can do, how they install it, anything like that. What do people ask? Um, so kind of how we were, we were discussing earlier, I actually get a large influx of people after they've installed it, trying to figure out how to make the distance to empty feature correct on their truck. Um, <clears throat> so definitely get a, a, a lot of calls about that. Um, I get a lot of calls also, hey, I got this uh, midship tank. Um, I love it. I can go so far. How can I install an embed? What, what do I need to do to make the midship work with an embed? So, you know, get a lot of people getting the 40 gallons and the 50 gallons after they've already put one of our, you know, 50 gallon plus tanks uh, underneath there. So um, definitely, uh, I'd say those, that's kind of the majority as far as, you know, technical, just trying to go further. And then obviously you got you know, your problem, problems that you have to fix for people that may or may not uh, be, uh, you know, qualified, I guess I should say, to be installing one of our tanks. So um, other than that, you know, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward. We're, we're fuel tanks. So I, like, I like the idea of people doubling up on doubling up, <laughs> adding a couple of them as well. We had a, a hotshot driver in it's probably been two years ago now that had a brand new GMC long bed that he put a replacement tank in that was, I want to say it was 65 gallons. He put two in-bed 50s in. So it was then 165 gallons. And then he did the 
staff's uh, spare tire tank in the back for another 30. So he had 195 gallons of fuel on board and he, he, he delivers cars. That's what he does for his hotshot work and averages 5,000 miles a week. And I heard from him about a year ago and instead of fueling up like 14 times a week, he was, he was filling up twice a week. And Cam mentioned earlier, you know, that one stop is gonna, you know, it's gonna drain your, your card pretty quick, but still timing is, is timing. And if we use those DOT numbers, you know, cutting, you know, 10 stops out of a week is, is huge. So, you know, time is money. And that's really the, the end of all of this is you want to be on the road and get to where you're going, whether it's for fun or work. And we make that easy. Yeah, I, I like the idea of being able to leave home and not have to think about that until maybe I get back home. Uh, I think that's yeah. a great convenient thing. Um, adding the multiple tanks, uh, Dan or Mike, how hard is that when it comes to connecting things and transfers and all of that? Um, well, so, I mean, we pretty much uh, provide a complete system with all of our auxiliary tanks. Uh, we, we tap in either to your fill neck or your vent line uh, with a feed tube and basically just have a, a high volume, low pressure pump uh, that's tied into a push button controller. The controller monitors your level in the auxiliary tank and uh, pretty much with the push of a button, it transfers out of uh, roughly about five gallons per button push. So pretty easy to, to tie into the system. You're not, you know, messing with all, all these fuel lines or trying to make a spaghetti bowl out of it. It's just pretty much cut, cut two hoses, tap into it and tie our system into it and run a couple electrical lines. So um, pretty much almost anyone I would say could install our auxiliary tanks. No problem. No, that's not bad. You know, and, and we're talking to Cam about racing, but you guys are racers as well. Like we mentioned at the beginning. So tell your story a little bit, Mike, what do you do? I grew up in an SCCA family. And, you know, so from being a little kid, I was, I was around road racing. And I, I've continued that on. I've, I've raced professionally, amateurly now for 30 years, everything from local lot of cross stuff, road race, rally, rally cross, uh, all of those sorts of things. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it's all fun. I try not to take it serious because I, I don't have sponsors and it's, it's all about, you know, having fun. But it's, it's just not me here. I, Dan builds cars and races. We're coming about 80 people, including our manufacturing facility. And, you know, at least about a third of us are building cars and racing in some way, shape or form. So, you know, we're, we're a fuel tank company that makes diesel fuel tanks, but we're, we're racers as, as well. And that, that, that makes it fun, you know, to be able to go to the track and, you know, be doing our own thing and, you know, someone see a logo or a, you know, a tank in the back of the truck, that sort of thing, and be able to turn a, a casual weekend of the track into, you know, more than that and inform customers uh, about product. Yeah, that's nice. How about you, uh, uh, Dan? What are you racing? What are you coming around? <laughs> Oh, I, I got a, a lot of dreams and uh, not a lot of sponsors. So <laughs> um, I pretty much been, uh, I started racing motocross when I was uh, 14, kind of did that up, in, up until I was 27 and uh, decided that hurt, it hurts when you bounce off the ground at that age. So I kind of got away from that and uh, got more into something with the cage wrapped around me, uh, started doing like uh, high performance driving events and, uh, and that kind of stuff. Uh, but really got into the industry. Uh, I graduated from UTI 
and uh, kind of did their Porsche Audi program and and got into some high end exotics right right out of school and that kind of kind of got my taste for for you know high performance vehicles and I've just I've I've loved it ever since and um, I've got some of the Frankenstein projects I guess where I, I want to have something that no one else has and that's that's kind of what what I do or what I build these days so. Oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. You know, um, Mike, I know we all talk to a bunch of different types of racers. I mean, you know, my background comes, um, you know, from here in Texas with, you know, some dirt racing and running legends cars and different things like that. I used to pull a parks trailer all over the country, a big 35 foot trailer and had one of those. Um, it was like, it was a dually. Uh, it was, um, but it like had one of the flatbed deals on it and whoever designed the bed horribly designed the way the filler next work because it took forever to pump diesel fuel into that it always used to frustrate me of course i never did anything to fix it either because i didn't know of you guys um but it doesn't matter what you're racing i mean ultimately whether you're in the high performance uh type of racing scca dirt racing off-road racing motorcycle racing whatever it is the common factor is the fact that everyone's pulling a trailer down the road i mean we're talking to everyone here in some way shape or form because we're all doing the same thing to get there and to get back home yeah and everybody you know probably on this call is towing a trailer multiple times a year or they have customers that are and and that's it you know we we make towing easier whether it's a race trailer a horse trailer whatever it is you know towing towing's a pain in the butt you know we we, we all say we like it, but the reality is, is we'd rather, you know, it, it, it didn't have to be as complicated and as hard. And so if we can make it easier for the customer to, you know, travel across the country, across their state, whatever it is with having, you know, the ability to skip fuel stops, that's, that's, that's our goal. And, and that's what we strive to do. And we talk about the durability of the product, but also you guys stand behind it pretty well because you do trust in it. Tell us about the warranty. We have an unconditional lifetime, meaning, you know, short of shooting it with a, a 50 caliber rifle, uh, you know, we're, we're going to cover the, <clears throat> the tank and anything that, that might happen to it. We uh, had a team uh, racing the car and they use our tanks in their, their support vehicles. And uh, one of their trucks is an F-350, uh, had a, a, we'll call it a mishap and ripped all four corners off the truck, went over the edge of a cliff, slid down on its belly. Uh, the reason that the tank broke was because the tank actually stopped the truck from going any further because it hit a giant rock that the rock was here and the tank under the truck hit and used it basically as, as an anchor, a stopping point. And it didn't actually break the tank uh, but it bent it in a way that it, it wasn't safe to be used again. And, you know, that, that team's not a team that we sponsored. Uh, they reached out to me on social media and told me what the story was. And, you know, I put them in touch with the warranty department and the warranty department got a free tank out to them. Uh, you know, so it's, we, we really do stand behind it as long as you're not, uh, you're not trying to destroy it. Yeah, but that's pretty amazing, though, to think I, if that was a steel tank, I don't think it would have been the same result. <laughs> no, probably not. No, 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 probably. It wouldn't have happened that way. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. All right, uh, we got a couple of questions from the chat. Uh, do you offer tanks for long off-road races? 
as long as it's diesel powered, then then yes. Um, the the EPA has regulations which make anything that's road going uh, road going vehicle. Uh, we, we can't do larger gasoline tanks for them. It's the, the regulations are complicated and horrible, but with diesel, that's not the case. We can do them for diesel. Um, as far as for off-road, whether it's off-road racing or road racing, whatever it is, and making racing fuel cells, it's not something we do yet. Yet. All right. <laughs> Understood. Understood. All right. Uh, this one says, can you talk a bit about how new, uh, talk a bit about new vehicle development? What are some of your most popular requests and newest applications maybe we should expect in the future? Uh, we'll, we'll give it away right now. We have a tank coming for the Sprinter vans, the, the Dodger Mercedes vans, which again are popular within racing to a certain extent because those have good tow capacity. You can use them as a service vehicle. You can camp in them, those sorts of things. Uh, other vehicles immediately coming, that's our, our biggest one. Uh, the, all, of, we, all of our tanks now, all of the current tanks fit all of the 22 vehicles, uh, up to 22, uh, excluding we don't have a tank yet for the Dodge 1500, or uh, excuse me, the Chevy 1500 Duramax truck. Uh, we're evaluating that market now. We see a lot of interest in that, but uh, it's it's still not something that we've jumped on board with yet uh, because, you know, for the price of a 1500 uh, Duramax truck, you can buy a, you know, three quarter ton or, a, you know, it's, we don't see a lot of guys towing, buying the 1500 half ton trucks. And so that tank is, is in development to at a very early, early stage. And then uh, we're getting a lot of, of requests and having a lot of conversations about the new uh, Jeep uh, Renegades and the other Jeeps that are coming out with the, the diesel motors. And uh, those are just starting to hit the streets to a certain degree. So we're, we're evaluating all of that currently. But the next big tank coming is for the Sprinter. Um, Cam, let me shift over to you real quick because you're going up and down the road all the time. The Sprinter, to me, is, uh, is, is something that's very intriguing, especially having spent time up there uh, in the Rockies and all of that, seeing just how many Overlander vehicles are out there. But, um, you know, when you see people on the road, other racers, other people out there, or more, more specifically, when you see people at the racetrack, what, what if the topic comes up, someone sees the sponsorship on your car or whatever, and someone says, hey, what's that? What kind of response do you get, Cam? it's it's been really good and you've you kind of i've seen it grown uh i've been with mike and titan this is my second season now the first season you know you'd have guys walking up to the the fuel cell area on the car and they're like you running like a bigger fuel cell in this thing or what um and then you start kind of you know everyone starts learning about the product it's it's getting brand recognition around here at the dirt tracks a lot um and and man that you really don't realize too you know, we talk about the racers market and everyone hooked up to their enclosed trailer all the time. It seems like with their tow rig, but around here, most, most of these racers, you know, they've got full-time jobs and it kind of lands in that farming, um, construction, concrete type of business and whatnot. And those guys are driving around big trucks all the time that are diesels. And, you know, we, we hear as much people that say they've got that in their work trucks and stuff like that. Uh, as much as we do on their tow vehicles that come to the racetrack. 
Yeah, which is definitely worth talking about, but um, I, uh, which I'll talk to Mike and Dan about that in a minute. But Ken, I also want to ask you, how do we get racers thinking outside of the race car? You know, because like we mentioned, when it comes to race shops, you know, we're going in there for things to make the car faster or make the car safer or make the car look better, whatever it might be. But, but how do we get people like you thinking outside of their race car and the conveniences of what this really does for their season? That's a good question. Um, you know, there just seems like anymore, everyone is always taking on more projects in their personal life and their business life. There's just not much time for, for anything. So I, I think over the last few years, I've noticed with myself, I mean, time is money. Um, and more people thinking that way is, is definitely a good, um, you know, kind of a good, I don't know, I don't want to use the word tactic, but uh, it, it really is a good way to kind of express all that. You, we've seen people just continue to put money, whether it be um, into, into new race trailers and, you know, different furnishings on the inside, all, all these pit pal accessories and things like that on the inside wheels on them. Um, I think you see the new toe rigs for all the grassroots racers. I, th I think you see them getting better. Um, and this is, this is one market that I hope they, um, I hope they really think about, you know, uh, we, we've heard a lot of people come up to us that said, you know, since they've supported, um, dirt track racing, you know, we, we decided to put one in our, in our, um, tow rig and that, I don't know, that, that just feels good when you're sponsored by a company and you hear someone say that and, you know, you can point right to it. So hopefully, uh. Would it be a dream if everyone that rolled into the Boone Speedway, one of our main tracks that we run around here, if if out of those 200 entries, you know, every single diesel truck had one on there? Yeah, that'd be cool, right? <laughs> I would say a lot of folks up there at the Super Nationals would, uh, would definitely benefit from that for sure. Um, all right, so Mike and Dan, you know, again, uh, Cam just brought up something great, which I was thinking about earlier, too. There's a lot of people who are racers that might be self-sponsored because maybe they've got an excavating company. Maybe they've got, um, you know, a car delivery company. Maybe they've got whatever. Just getting outside of just their race rig, uh, but into their work rig as well. If someone wanted to come to you and say, hey, I've got a fleet of 30 trucks or whatever it might be, you know, how, how does that work out? Our, our team takes care of whether you're a single guy looking for a tank or, you know, you're a giant fleet company that's trying to outfit, you know, 100 plus vehicles. Uh, all of our product is in stock all day, every day. And that's one great thing being made here is we do not have the back order, you know, status. So a guy wants 100 tanks for his fleet. You know, it's probably going to ship within three or four days usually. Uh, and, and that's and that's sort of key to to our business is we don't have those long lead times. Uh, you know, we have a giant warehouse that every product is in stock in that sort of stuff. So, one tank, a hundred tanks. If a customer has a need for a tank and wants one, and we we can take care of them. Dan, uh, on the technical side of things, when it comes to the development, and and look, if there's anything that's proprietary territory or whatever, that's fine. But I mean, when you talk about a direct OEM replacement, finding space, you know, I mean, the the, the manufacturers already pack a lot of things in. How do you do that? Um, well, so we we have an awesome design engineer here. Um, I get to work closely with them and uh, kind of just. Uh, a general overview. Uh, basically, what we do is take a whole bunch of reflective dots and put them underneath the vehicle. We do a three-dimensional scan of it uh, with the tank in there. Uh, we pull the tank out, um, continue to kind of put the reflective dots where the tank would have been, 
uh, do a 3D scan. And then pretty much we kind of go into the expanses of that 3D scan and a CAD drawing program. And we find out where we can get our volume at and with staying as close to that OEM specifications as, as we can. That's pretty interesting. It's, re it's really neat to go to the website and, and look at all the different tanks and the shapes and the designs and everything that you have. And you think to yourself, wow, you know, if I'm, you know, adding 50% or 100% more to my capacity, uh, just how much space was in there. You know, here's an interesting comment, too, from the chat. Um, not a huge towing market, but the OEM tank is super small in range. I think this is talking about the Jeep Gladiator. You mentioned the Jeep Diesel. It is only about 350 miles. For my personal vehicle, um, I, I came from a Silverado with a big gas tank that I could easily just, this is gasoline, go you know well over 400 miles with no problem to a 4Runner, which I love. But all of a sudden, I realized I'm like, at 300 miles, my light's going on. You know, <laughs> I'm not used to something like that. Adding the capacity, uh, and I think if, even if you think in terms of your own personal vehicle, how often you might go to the gas station in a week or two, just being able to add that capacity, what a huge convenience is, even when I'm not towing. Yeah, it's, it's important to everybody, you know, no, no matter what you drive. I mean, we, we wish regulations were different because we would make a tank for everything if, if it was able to be done. Uh, the, the stuff like we talked about the, the tank for the Jeep and the other off-road vehicles, those can't be tied into the fuel system. It's a transfer tank where you have to stop and, and transfer fuel to the tank, you know, when needed, whether it's on the side of the highway or on the trail, that sort of thing. But for anyone that's been off-road in any way, shape, or form, we, we've all been at that place where we go, okay, we have X amount of gallons left. Can we turn around now or can we make it a little bit further? Uh, every year at the King of the Hammers event in Southern California, we're, we're there as a vendor sponsor selling product and we install it on, on customers' vehicles right there in, in our display. A couple of years ago, we installed one. The next morning, the guy was back at our booth bright and early. And uh, James, coworker, and I uh, looked at each other and we're like, oh no, what, what's wrong? What, what did we do wrong? Guy brought us a $50 bill and a box full of donuts, some coffees. We're like, what, 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 what happened? He said, well, this 50 is for half of my profits yesterday, and the donuts and coffee are to say thank you. And long story short, is the guy was out on the trails all day long and gave three people fuel that needed it, that had run out or were running low, that sort of thing. And so he was the good Samaritan and, you know, gave people gas and some people gave him money. Uh, so he, he made a hundred bucks somehow in tips and uh, gave us half the money, which we, James and I couldn't believe, you know, and, and that's cool, but it, it really tells the story of how versatile the product is and how important it can be in our everyday lives. You know, I uh, had a Toyota Tacoma with 37s on it and got it about seven miles a gallon. And I had two of our sidekicks in the back and it wasn't always for off-road use, sometimes it would be, but for us driving to Vegas is an eight and a half hour drive from our facility. And you guys have both mentioned running out of fuel or having to turn around in the middle of Utah. We travel that I probably make that drive 20 times a year and gas stations are free or far and few in between. So to have that gas as reserve just in case is 
is pretty dang nice. You know, I'll embarrass myself here. I was riding up through Kansas, um, straight up from Texas, Oklahoma to Kansas, headed out to the racetrack out there. And I just passed a gas station uh, and my light went on. And I'm like, I'll go to the next one. 12 miles later, I was pulling over to the side of the road and I was out. And, and literally, to my good fortune, a police officer was right behind me. The only time I've ever been happy to see those flashing lights in my rearview mirror, because he had some gas and got me to the next one. So it happens. But Cam, let me ask you this. Um, this last week, I was talking about my road trip. I paid, and this was for gasoline. I know diesel prices fluctuate as well. Anywhere um, from about $3.30 to $4.50 a gallon. And, and mind you, I was filling up my five-gallon tank. And I kept thinking to myself, boy, if I could have just put more gas in when I was oh. paying $3.50 versus $4.50. You ever take those advantages when you see them going from state to state? That's the whole thing I was thinking about when Mike, uh, you know, Mike earned himself 50 bucks and a donut. You know, I that's... Hey, I'm here for that sort of stuff. You know, I, my wife calls me cheap, but I just think it's frugal. But we do. I don't know how it is the states around you, but around Iowa, it you know, we're bordered by this. I, I'm no Magellan, but it's probably five or six states. Um, and, and the prices are crazy different when you cross the border. So, the you know, we do that all the time. It's like, well, we're going through this state. Stop here on this side of the river or whatever it is. You know, it's like... I we're not stopping for fuel in Illinois. That's for sure. You know, so it's perfect to, to be able to tow all the way across it. You know, like I said, I don't know where it is, Brad, where, where you are and Mike and Dan, but it's drastically different state for state around here. So super nice to be able to, you know, look at that at the end of the, at the end of the trip and go, yeah, there was, there was 50, 50 bucks that we saved just in fuel costs right there. So good deal. Yeah. But my good dad, I saw you guys looking at each other as well. You got something to share with that? I, I just want the sticker on the back of Cam's car that says, I'm no Magellan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as that money thing, <laughs> we, uh, we hear from customers all the time, especially in Southern California, that install one or multiple tanks and go into Arizona because the taxes are different and uh, that sort of thing. And they'll, they'll fill up and then, you know, go back home for a couple of weeks and make that trip, you know, a couple of times a month just for the savings. And, and that's kind of ridiculous that, you know, you can drive 150 miles, but it still makes it worth the savings because of the price of fuel. And, you know, so if we can help you out doing that, then, then all the better. Yeah. I, I live in Charlotte and um, North Carolina, South Carolina is that same difference. Taxes are way cheaper in South Carolina. And I was coming back from Darlington and, and just, you know, dumb silly me was having a little contest with just how far I could go on a tank of gas. And I wanted to hit this number. And I just passed a gas station that it was like $1.70 or something like that. This is for gasoline. Um, you know, and again, you know, we start talking about fuel prices and taxes. A lot of these transfer between gasoline and diesel. I went another 20 miles down the road just because I was stubborn and wanted to hit a milestone on how far I could go on a tank of gas. And it was a dollar more. I mean, a dollar more. I was so upset, too, because it cost me a lot more uh, with a bigger gas tank on my truck and everything. Um, let's see. Oh, America will buy uh, an I'm no Magellan sticker. So, Cam, I think I'm making them oh, for you, Cam. <laughs> you know, but you know I, all the I'm no Magellan, but I can go further. <laughs> you know, all the dirt racers always put funny sayings on the back of their filler panel or their tail panel on their car. So 
we've had some funny ones that you've seen this year, Mike. Um, we'll maybe put something like that next year. I like that. That's why I can, that's why I can only go left because I don't – otherwise I get lost. <laughs> that's You're not funny. an Andy <laughs> yeah, Like Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, this is great! All right, uh, Mike. For people who want to, and and look, we could be talking to consumers, we could be talking to distributors, we could be talking to retailers, whatever it might be, um, that are interested in in the Titan fuel tanks. What do we need to do? Visit the website titanfueltanks.com. Uh, that shoots you in the, the best direction. All of our numbers are there, contact information. You can see all of the products we offer, which is basically a tank for every diesel pickup truck made from 1999 to current. We, we have a tank for it. Uh, but you can check out the catalog and uh, then get in touch with us that way. We also have a very robust back end for all of our wholesale partners where you can get in and get product images, logos, training videos, all of those sorts of things you use basically as, a, as an asset tool for those selling our product to educate themselves as well as you know, their customers. Uh, you know, on the technical side of this too, um, Dan, when when trucks change, I mean, I'm guessing there's a big change typically if there's a platform change in the truck. A lot of times we see body changes or things like that. How often, and now I'm thinking about stretching my dollar too, if, if I have this truck and I'm looking at maybe getting the new latest and greatest, how often do things underneath change like that? I mean, I know I can type my truck into the website and it's going to tell me exactly what I need, but how often are things changing? Like if I, you know, if I had a truck and I changed it out every two or five years, whatever it might be, if I could maybe keep my fuel tank. Um, well, we do actually have quite a, quite a few from our older line that will transfer in between generations. As far as weight model new stuff, uh, you know, you're, you're talking pretty much when they come out with the new generation, you can guarantee four years. Uh, you know, that's kind of kind of the basis. And then we kind of hope that maybe they'll extend it a little further, you know, two or three years before we have another generation change. But um, kind of something I've noticed in, in manufacturing, just being in this industry over, over, over the years, and I've kind of had different irons and different fires throughout this, but uh, there's kind of a standardization uh, coming into play with all these manufacturers where um, I don't mess with Ford stuff from like 99 to 2010. If you've ever done that, uh, a lot of their stuff there might be one cross member that's not the same in the exact same truck, you know? And so with them kind of bringing that standardization into play with their manufacturing, uh, we've kind of found that we're able to just make a few changes to our products and uh, continue on our line. And that way, you know, we, we can just further, basically further on with the late model trucks and get our tanks up underneath those guys. So that is fantastic. And the, the, Current Dodge shortbed, for example, our tank works from the 2013 to the 2022 truck because Dodge hasn't changed that much. They changed the styling and the features and the leather seats and you know all, all that sort of stuff. But the the internal important stuff has stayed the same. So it makes one part number fit you know ten years worth of trucks now, which is which is super valuable to a warehouse distributor or to a retailer. You know, they, they can stock one tank for virtually every Dodge that's ever going to come through their door. Wow. I'll tell you what, this, this has truly been like a fun hour. I mean, Cam, Dan, Mike, everyone just, uh, just really enjoyed chatting with you guys. And, you know, for racers talking to racers and, and just knowing who we're getting a product from, 
I, I think uh, what you guys are doing at Titan is just fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and you're absolutely right, Brad, that this is a very important topic. It's actually, racers spend more time on the road uh, going to races than on the track itself. You know, so this is a very important topic. And thank you very much for being part of uh, a race industry now. The webinar has been recorded. It will be posted later on the ePortrait platform as well as on our YouTube channel. We pushed the Titans product back on the homepage of ePortrait. So please take advantage of it. Log in, connect, and engage with them directly. We will be back next Wednesday. We're going to be talking lubricants with Motul. And uh, we're going to do a special on lubrication for power sports and uh, two-wheel racings, right? So I think you're going to enjoy that one. So, uh, so this is going to be next Wednesday at 9 o'clock. So thank you very much. Let's go racing. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose claim company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose join company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.